today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. We are being built for God. We are being built to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Our purpose together is worship. We exist to worship. When God forms Israel together uh, before all the Ten Commandments are given, He tells Israel, I want you to be a nation of priests. Open God, oh my soul, He is strong and He is strong to save. Open God, He's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. As Pastor Ricky continues his teaching on Christians being built up as a spiritual house, he'll be emphasizing the reason God is building us up to begin with. The Lord commands us to be holy as He is holy. He reveals through His Word that we're being built up as a spiritual house to be a royal priesthood. God isn't simply molding us and transforming us for no reason. The purpose is so we can be His ambassadors that truly reflect His character. Don't kick against the goads. Allow God to build you up. Well, let's join Pastor Ricky for part two of his message entitled, Built. I was working at a church for the big singles ministry. And so the singles leader had this idea. We're going to preach on building the church and to kind of like drive it home, because I don't know why, to drive it home, we're going to build a giant church out of Legos that like I'll be preaching on the church and then I'll have like a, a, a thing, you know, a sheet over it and then I'll like reveal it. And it'll be like, oh my gosh, it wasn't a great plan. Okay. Like, but this was the plan. I'm in the meeting. Um, and I'm the intern, right? And I'm not like a high-ranking intern. I'm like the low-ranking intern. And so it falls to me to spend a week of my life, and I'm not exaggerating, building a church out of Legos. But during the four or five days I spent doing this, in between trips to the Lego store and back, as we did trial and error, because um, we had no plan. I mean, there's no, I don't know if you can believe this, but there's no giant plan for a giant Lego church available on the website. So we're spitballing this thing. We built half of it and go, that's not good, or it collapses or whatever. So I, did, I had some time to reflect on the nature of small bricks, okay? So here are a few things I, I realized about tiny bricks during those four or five days. You realize that when the brick becomes part of the building project, it doesn't have the option to sort of check things out and then like leave if it gets weird, right? Like once it's in there, it's kind of locked in there, right? Once it's in, that's pretty much it. The brick can't really keep its options open uh, in case there's like a better building project that comes along. The brick, as soon as it goes in, starts bearing weight, right? It, if you take that thing out, you, there's no way to take it out without damaging your whole wall, which happened a few times because we didn't line up the little black one and the sea of white ones right. And it went, oh no. So we did take the whole thing apart. Now, you also realize this. That brick is being supported by other bricks. By itself, it can't do anything, but with other bricks, it's super powerful. And if there is a problem with one of the bricks, the whole building has a problem. There's no way to get in there and kind of, if you're building it right, there's no way to get in and fix this one brick without tearing the whole thing apart. And I think there's some implications in our lives is they relate to being part of the church. Being a living stone in the spiritual house, in the temple 
of God's building project is not a distant connection, but is often an uncomfortably close connection. You notice how Legos fit together, right? It's not, there's no personal space. <laughs> Just like, like that. To be part of God's building project means being in proximity, probably tighter proximity than we would often like with other living stones. There is no kind of every man is an island philosophy. I'm a spiritual lone ranger, special forces Christian that have like a utility belt of Bible verses and study Bibles. And I'm like ready to get out there and like take on the world. It doesn't work when you're building. I mean, I don't care how cool of a Lego brick you are, you're lame by yourself, right? Like 10 square bricks are better than any one single Lego brick. This is not either a, a kind of a come and go as you please, but, but you begin to bear the weight of relationship and of ministry. So here's, a, here's a test for you. If, if you were pulled out of relationship with the church, would you feel it? And would the people around you feel it? Or maybe are, are you a bit over to the side? Maybe you're still checking things out. And listen, friend, if you're here, it's your first time, you're getting like a hardcore message on, come on, be part of the church. I want you to know this. Our church believes in gospel and safety and time. We want to give you lots of gospel. We want to give you a safe place. We want to give you lots of time. Um, but we want to see you move forward. Um, and if you're in that state where you're still checking things out, maybe you've got questions about Christianity. Maybe you've got questions about the church. We want to answer those. But friend, at some point, Jesus says, come on, let's build something. Come on, let's build together something that will last and something that will matter. Jesus' purpose for us is not that we would come and sit in a seat for an hour and a half every week. Jesus' purpose for us is that we'd be built into something glorious. And that means getting uncomfortably close to people. It means supporting people. It means them supporting you. And if you're checking our church out, we're glad to have you. But we don't want you to stay there forever. Stay there for a long time even. Ask questions. Get to know us. But here's what we want you to do. We want you to pick a church if you're a Christian. It doesn't have to be our church even. There's lots of good gospel preaching churches in El Paso. And I could even give you recommendations on where to go. Pick a church and then pick up a shovel. That's kind of our philosophy. Pick a church, pick up a shovel, and get involved in the building project of God. Now, I want to make one kind of a side note here about membership. Um, we, we're in the process of updating our membership agreements as a church. And this has led to us realizing that I don't think we as elders have done a great job in the past, especially the last kind of four years that I've been here. I haven't done a great job of kind of explaining why we do membership, why it matters, and what it's supposed to do. And, and so we're going to be over the next several months as, as we work on our membership covenants, um, kind of commitments from the church and the person and vice versa. As we look at these, um, we're, we're, we're going to kind of lead you through them and walk you through why stuff is in these, thing, in, these, in these documents and what they mean for you and what they mean for the church. Because here's the thing. Membership is one way of committing to build the church. Um, one of the the key reasons for membership is that you explore our beliefs and our mission and then make a, a kind of a godly, well-informed decision. Is this the right body for me to commit to build with? And it doesn't have to be. We would love it if it is. 
But what we want you to do is we want you to make an informed decision. We want you to get to know how we build and what we think is important and what doctrine kind of undergirds the foundation of the church and where we're going and what we're trying to build as a church. And we want you to wrestle with that and, and explore that and pray over that. And if God has you commit with us, then perfect. Then we're together in this building project. If not, friend, we'd love to, to help you find a church where you can do this. But that's one reason that we believe membership is important because we simply don't see how we can do this without saying, are you with us? Now, our church only exists because in every era of the church, people have answered the call to build. Now, the first generation of people literally built this building with their hands, with their sweat, with their weekends, with their weeknights. But the second generation followed that took up the call to love one another, to, to learn doctrine, to, to think carefully about the doctrine of Scripture and God and the gospel and, and to work on building relationships with one another. And now this generation is taking up the call to build the church. But friends, the church doesn't advance without builders. It cannot advance with attenders and not builders. So this is why we want to say we need you. We need you. There are no expendable bricks in God's building project. I remember I loved Legos as a kid, and one of the things you'd find sometimes that would drive me nuts because I was a little OCD um, was you'd find like an extra like brick, right? So you'd build the thing, and then you'd see like, what is that? Like this little weird yellow hook piece. And you're like, what? and you're looking at the box, and you're looking at the thing, looking at the box, and the thing, you're thinking, oh my gosh, like either, like I did something really wrong, or this is a super weird piece to include. And more often than not, it was just an extra, right? But I would freak out. I would go over the whole thing again. I mean, that's kind of, you're getting a window into my personality. It's probably more than you wanted today. But it's not that way in God's building project. God does not call anyone to himself that he does not have a purpose for in his building project. You, friend, regardless of who you are, have gifts, have talents, and we need you. Uh, I love talking to one of our older saints at the church, Miss Edna, who often tells me, you know, I can't do a whole lot for the church, but I can pray. And she can and she does pray. And as she prays, friends, this church is built. And as she comes on Sunday, despite her health issues, with a smile and an encouragement for anyone she talks to, the church is built. Regardless of who you are, what season of life you're in, God has a purpose for you. And there is a place for you. We are being built by God. Third, we are being built for God. We are being built to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Our purpose together is worship. We exist to worship. When God forms Israel together uh, before all the Ten Commandments are given, he tells Israel, I want you to be a nation of priests. Now, this would have been extraordinary because in the ancient world, Priests were very few and very select, and only they were allowed to kind of go into the presence of God. And what God is telling the, the people is, I want you all to be priests in the sense that you have access and nearness to God. That's extraordinary. They were to be a people for God's own possession, drawn near to him, not kept at a distance. 
And the reason they were drawn near is to offer sacrifices of praise. Worship, friends, is not just an individual task. It is a corporate task. Uh, Commentator Schreiner says this, Western believers tend to individualize the notion of priesthood rather than seeing the community emphasis. Let me pause there. So you've heard, you know, People say, you know, priesthood of all believers. And we totally believe that. That you, yourself, because you believe in Christ, don't need some kind of a mediator. You don't need me to kind of make intercession between you and God, that you yourself can come to God. And that's extraordinary. But we don't want to lose out on what he's about to say. In the Old Testament, the priestly caste was limited to the tribe of Levi. And in that sense, only a portion of Israel could carry out the priestly function. But all of God's people are now his priests. Despite that emphasis on corporate priesthood, what Peter said applies by implication to individuals as well. That is that all believers have direct access to God by virtue of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But listen to this. We must avoid, however, focusing on the individual. For Protestants are prone to individualize the text in a way that blunts or even denies its corporate emphasis. Here's what Peter is saying. If you want to worship God, you're meant to do it with others. Do you want to be a worshiper of God? See, in our kind of our culture, we get into like, I want to have a worship experience. The goal for you in church is not that you'd have a worship experience. The goal is that you would worship, right? And in order to do that, you can't do it. This is what this text is saying. You are meant to do it with other believers. We often think of our part in the church as just individual and personal, but you know, how we feel about things, whether we're fulfilled by what's going on in the church. But friends, fundamentally, the church exists for God. This means that when you think about the church, the first thing we should evaluate is not what we think of it, but what God thinks of it, right? I mean, frankly, we could walk in and think, man, that that service stunk, but I think it was honoring to the Lord, (laughs) right? Which, thank God, you know, that's that's really good. That, That encourages me. What we think about the church is not the most important thing to evaluate. What we should evaluate is what God thinks about the church. And and here's the other thing. We don't get to decide what the church should do. God gets to decide what the church should do. God sets out the pattern for our church being godwardly focused. Now, we're going to get into the implications for mission probably next week, but, but God's opinion of the church should matter far more than our opinion of it. And we should, over time, have our opinions shaped more and more and more by who God is and what he desires for his church. Now, look, I I grew up in this church. Um, I remember growing up in this church through different seasons. And I remember uh, one of the illustrations of this kind of principle is I remember various seasons on the worship team, right? And when I say worship, let me just be really clear. I'm not simply talking about our time of singing. Worship in scripture means a life lived to the glory of God, right? But I'm gonna use our time of singing as an illustration of this. Are you okay? You tracking with me there? Um, and I remember various times of kind of worship or singing in our church. And one of the, you know, we had seasons where we had full bands. We were stock full of musicians. I remember being here as a kid, being so freaked out because literally people were so psyched up. They were like jumping. We, we had like this one, I mean, several times, kind of like this, this dance line thing that happened a few times in the 80s or 90s. I, I don't remember when exactly it was. I just remember as a kid going, oh my gosh, 
what is happening and crying. Um, but people were excited about Jesus, man. The band was going. People were dancing. They were like running around. They were dancing in the aisles. It was awesome. And I also remember seasons where there were two people. I mean, Danny was telling me about different seasons of the worship team where it, it would be, you know, someone plunking out some chords and somebody with like a 1980s drum machine going, right? That was you, Danny, right? Doing the drum machine. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, and, you, and if you'd walked in, that would not have been impressive. That would have been, you know, potentially, okay, that's kind of a strange church, you know? They've got the guy in the drum machine and the keyboard player. Why don't they have anybody else in the band? Well, we didn't have anybody else in the band. So um, that's what we had. But here's the thing. What I know and remember from when I was a kid being in this church is that the songs that we sang were about God more than they were about us. They were about truth from his word. And our church has sung for 30 years. Sometimes it hasn't been great music. Sometimes it's been awesome music but we've sung. And friends, that's, that's what we're after here. The church exists for God. Whether or not we're distracted by the little drum machine or maybe trying to serve in an area where it's not as organized as it could be or maybe the service doesn't go off without a hitch or your small group, somebody forgets to bring snacks. Friends, all of that will happen, but that all exists for God. And fundamentally, we are together because of him. So this has a few implications I'll just touch on briefly. It has implications if you're looking for a church. I want to encourage you to think, what does God want from the church as you look for a church? Not simply, uh, where do you feel most comfortable? Listen, that stuff is helpful and, and, and can play into it a, a, major kind of, a major part of the decision, but it cannot just be that. It cannot just be who you connect with when they preach or, or who makes you feel comfortable with their kids' ministry program. It must be, does this church honor and glorify God? Would God look down and say, I'm pleased with that? And then when you think about showing up at your community group or showing up on Sunday, friends, let's remember this. We're not just there. We are there to experience the presence of God, but we're not just there to have an individual experience on Sunday. We are there to gather and worship God, to encourage the saints, to build up the body of Christ. And so when you go to community group, maybe your, your favorite friends aren't there. Friends, you still have an opportunity to live that meeting for the glory of God. And even think about where to serve. We, we love encouraging service in the church because it's a way of um, building the body. But maybe don't always serve where you feel the most fulfilled. Maybe start by asking, where does God want me to serve? And where, where are the needs? Where, 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 where is he calling me to be? And listen, over the next kind of couple of weeks, I, I had a lot more that, that we're going to cover probably in the next two or three weeks. I'm just getting the sense where I think we want to camp on this section of Scripture a little bit. I want to get into some of the metaphors. And, and the place that this ends is this. And I want to get there so that we don't, um, don't miss this as we're about to proclaim the gospel in our neighborhood. I'm going to skip down to verse, verse 9. He says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. And listen, friends, listen to the purpose of this temple. We've been built together into a temple, but we have a purpose that's Godward, but also outward. This is the purpose, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
See, Israel in the Old Testament was never supposed to just be an inwardly focused community. They were never meant to exist solely for their own sake, but God chose them and called them and made them his people so that they would proclaim him to the nations around them. God promised Abraham that that through Abraham, all the world would be blessed. And I found a few years ago, I found some building plans for the church. These were never acted upon, which will become clear in a second. And they were notable for their scale and ambition. And and I I was totally unaware of this. And somebody had drawn up plans to build the structure of the church, not just into a square, but into a giant lighthouse. I mean, like a real lighthouse. Now, you may be wondering if you're from out of town, don't you guys live in the desert? Why would you, you know? Do not dissuade us, friends. This lighthouse was really cool, and it had a glorious purpose behind it. And, and what they were trying to get at, and obviously we didn't act on it probably for a variety of both wisdom and practical reasons. Um, it's expensive to build a lighthouse, especially if you're in the desert, I, I, I would imagine. But here's what's awesome. I love the heart of saying, we want to build something so great that shines light everywhere in this community such that it's not ignorable, such that you can't drive through El Paso without seeing something and asking, what in the world is going on there? And I think of Tom Wilkins sharing with me about how he preached on the streets in Central America recently where they, they literally moved this, this church that he was preaching at, literally moved their service outside. So they brought all the musicians out on the front steps of the church and they set up the podium out on the front steps of the church. I mean, this is a tight, dense area. This would be illegal here, but apparently not there. And so they brought the whole church service out to the front and they sang to Jesus and Tom, through a translator, preached to Jesus and everyone heard it for streets and streets and streets around. That, friends, that is what Jesus is saying the purpose of this temple is. It's to be upward in glory to God, but outward proclaiming his glory among the city and among the nations. So friends, I wanna encourage you today to take a step in the area of joining God's building project. Maybe your, your first step is, is becoming a Christian. Maybe you've realized that you've rejected God and your first step is, is saying, no, 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 I'm not gonna be one of those that reject Christ. I wanna believe in Christ. I wanna come to him because he's made a way for me to come. Maybe it's, it's reshaping the way you see yourself from kind of a lone ranger to being a living stone of God's people. Maybe for you it means getting into a place where you have real relationship, where you're really close and have some proximity to people in the church around you. And a community group or a Bible study is a great way to do that. Maybe it means prayerfully committing to one local church, checking out our membership class or finding a church that you really can sink your teeth into, that you can commit to. Maybe it means stepping up and serving. Maybe it means um, growing in your ability to lead something in the church. Whatever it would be, here's what I want to encourage you. Think about what your step would be. How can I better be a living stone in the building project of God's people? Hoping God, oh my soul, he is strong and he's strong to save. Hoping God, he's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. Hope is something that many people have little of, and yet we clamor for the latest this or that. 
believing that our longing for hope will be fulfilled. Pastor Ricky will be teaching through the book of 1 Peter here on Better News Radio. We'll learn that hope is something that is beyond this world and that our lives will become holy once we hope in the eternal. For more information, email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. Sometimes it is just easier to call. Our phone number is 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 915-562-7100. You can learn more about Better News Radio, Cross of Grace Church, and Pastor Ricky at our website, betternewsradio.com. All of Pastor Ricky's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at betternewsradio.com. That's betternewsradio.com. You'll also find contact information, driving directions to the church, and details about activities and upcoming events on our website. We also encourage you to follow the Better News Radio Twitter feed at Cross of Grace EP, where Ricky tweets additional thoughts about the messages you hear on Better News Radio. Or connect with us on Facebook at Cross of Grace EP. Well, that's all the time we have for today. From all of the production team here at Better News Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Better News Radio. Better News Radio.